listening to Empowering Emma, a podcast that focuses on self-care, navigating college life, and chasing success. Hello. Happy Friday. Happy Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know what day you're listening, but I'm posting it on Friday. Today is an episode that I have been excited for for a very long time. And I think I've talked about it a little bit before, but never like an in-depth dedicated episode to my one and only love, my business journal. Um, obviously I have many loves, my boyfriend, my family, my dog. No, I'm just kidding. I'm getting sidetracked because I live in the loneliness world now. But today it is business journal. And I know you might be thinking, how does this apply to me? Why would I care to do this? I'm not a business major. I'm not into management because obviously I realize not everyone is into those kind of things or has a passion for it like I do. But if you're a listener, I think that you probably would care to hear about it because that's what I talk about a lot. (laughs) And I think that it's something that can be useful to everyone. I mean, any kind of journaling is useful to lots of different people and types of people. And I don't know, I, I love journaling and I have lots of different journals. Like I have a journal for the podcast. I have like a daily journal. I have a business journal. I have like a question book, like a Target 3000 question journal book thing. So journaling is something that I really like to do. So I started this business journal in March 15th, 2017. And I bought it when I I think was in my second management position at Chick-fil-A because that was the job where I really, really started to learn a lot of things about management. And I was like, oh my God, I need to write this down to remember what I'm learning and to remember my ideas that I'm having because I really want to have my own business someday. And I also really wanted to remember what it felt like to be 17, 18 plus, because I think as managers and business owners get older, they forget what it's like to be, I guess, at the bottom. And sometimes they're like rude and they're forceful with their words and just like, They just don't care. And I feel like I run into that in every job that I have that managers just don't care or they're demanding. And I I just didn't understand why. And I still don't understand why that happens. So a lot of it was like, obviously what I've learned from jobs, what I've learned from internships, what I've learned from classes that I've taken, what I've learned from TikTok as of recently because I'm into that business TikTok all of a sudden. Um, and things that I've learned through my internship. I think I just said that. I don't know. Things I've learned in my research classes. And when I start a new job, I always write down, these are my initial perceptions, perceptions or observations of the workplace. And then I, at the end of the job, I write down, this is what worked and this is what did not work. And the things that did not work, this is why, and this is how they could have been fixed. So another thing that I have in here too is like a survey that I did for my research class. My research topic was um, like what makes employees feel the most satisfied at work? Is it their motivation for the job, their passion for the job? Is it management intervention? Is it uh, the work environment that makes them feel happy? And so like I was researching like what causes dissatisfaction in the workplace and are there different leadership styles that work best 
at work to make people feel better. And so that was really interesting. And then also I have like a lot of, a ton of business ideas in here and like quotes, which I'm not gonna go through my business ideas because those are private to me and I want to make a profit off of them and not you all. I'm just kidding, that's so rude. <laughs> but I don't wanna share my ideas because some of them I feel like are really good and I want to keep them to myself so that someday I can do it and not have anyone copy me. Um, but some of the quotes that I have that I like are, businesses do not become excellent in the big areas without focusing on the small details. Leaders that last don't grow fast. I say that one a lot. This is one that I wrote down in here years ago that my very first boss told me. And at the time it pissed me off, but I wrote it down anyway. It's if you got time to lean, you've got time to clean. I don't know how I feel about that one. I like it because it rhymes, but I think it's kind of rude, but also I don't agree with people just sitting around doing nothing. So I don't know, it's interesting. I've also wrote stuff in here about like how to have meetings with your team members and what things you should ask. And um, one of the biggest things that stood out to me at my job at Chick-fil-A, which I do not support Chick-fil-A at all, wish I wouldn't have worked there, but I learned a lot from them. So, um, they would encourage me as a manager to ask my team what they needed from me instead of me constantly demanding what I needed from them. And that like really, really hit me because I was like, oh my God, yeah, like I don't want to be demanding. Like I struggle with knowing what is and isn't the right thing to do as a manager because sometimes I feel bad asking people to do things. But if you give a reason, they're more likely to do it and know that you need help too and then like asking what can i do to make your job easier do you need like I, they taught me at chick-fil-a that i don't play like a demanding role i play a supporting role so say the drive-thru is really really busy this is not the best example but it's just what i thought of say the drive-thru is really really busy and the baggers and the door window person are going really fast doing all this stuff and they run out of sauce my job as a supporting lead would be to go get them more sauce so that they can continue to fill their orders and make the drive-through go faster. I don't like that example, but just doing things that support the others around you. If you have a cashier and they're doing their job and they just suddenly run out of coins, my job as a supporter, supporting lead is to go get them coins so that they can still do their job. Stuff like that. And leading by example, which I think is an obvious one. This is also something from Chick-fil-A. I didn't realize I was gonna talk about Chick-fil-A so much, but I have a lot of stuff in here because I learned a lot. Um, they have this thing there called Core 4, which <laughs> at the time I was like, this shit is stupid. And I still think this shit is stupid, but I don't know. It's kind of interesting. And it's a, one of those little Chick-fil-A stupid ass secrets. Um, teachable trustworthy warrior spirit i absolutely fucking hate that because they'd always tell me that and i was like i don't even know what the fuck that means so don't even i didn't even say that um being positive team-minded and focusing on growth i also have some notes in here about training and what works best and how to create training plans and also some notes from leadership conferences that i attended while at chick-fil-a Oh, and then I also, I always forget that I did this because quarantine part one was just such a like weird forgetful time, but I did two, no, fuck, I did like four certifications through an online college. So I have some of my notes in here from like marketing and how to do search engine optimization. I have a lot of stuff on that. 
Oh, and also different types of motivation because different people are motivated by different things and you can adjust your leadership to help them with what motivates them best. I've also got some business law notes in here, which is boring and I'm not gonna go over that, but it's there if I ever need it. <laughs> oh, and I took notes, I keep saying, oh, because I'm so excited and I keep forgetting about all this. I haven't looked through it in a while because it's so dense. Um, I have some notes on like how exactly to create job applications and employee handbooks, which I'm not gonna probably go over that because I don't think anyone really finds that interesting, but I'm kind of nerdy when it comes to like HR management shit. So that's something I guess that would be good to have because I know what it is, but like when it comes to the logistics of it, I don't know exactly what to include. And I also write a lot about delegation because that's something that I really have a tough time with because I'm like, I wish I wasn't like this, but I'm like, I can do it the best. I can do it the fastest. Why would I ask for help? And I need to stop doing that because like I need to have other people help me. And today I was in, I was at work and for the first fucking time in like five months, I finally had someone to help me in the kitchen because every fucking day I work by myself and it's a little bit too much for me. And so I was like, I don't even know how to work with another person back here because I've only been at this job for four months and it's always been me. And I'm like, he's been here for three years, but he was gone at college and I've only been here for four months. So I was like, how do I balance that? Because I don't want to be like overpowering and over delegating. So I like, made sure to ask him like, what do you want to do? What are you more comfortable doing? Where do you want me to do when you do this? Would you prefer to do this or this? And that ended up working out really well. Also have some business plan notes in here and some notes on how to start a business, which I learned from my internship. Oh, also some notes on negotiation. And especially when you're negotiating as a woman because women still get paid less. So good. Okay, so I learned this in my other class. I'll share these because I think this is um, good for everyone to know. Wait until you have an offer first before you start negotiating. Um, check your base salary on salary.com before going in to negotiate. Take 24 hours to think about accepting the position and the pay before you decide to take it. Be realistic. Convey your value and pitch yourself. Um don't say I deserve, say this is what I've done and this is where I'll go with the company. So be like, I did an elevator pitch episode like a year ago. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it's something like a 30 second pitch of yourself. So mine would be like, hi, my name is Emma Anderson. I'm a graduate of Illinois State University. Ooh, oh my God, that made me feel so weird. <laughs> I think I'm going to cry now. <laughs> I graduate in four months, but that was weird to say. Oh, I'm a graduate of Illinois State University looking for a career in marketing or HR. I was first manager at 17 and I've had four leadership roles since then. I believe that that makes me valuable to you and your company. That's what I've done and this is what I'll do. And then you can incorporate things from the application or whatever, like this applicant needs to be able to do reports. I don't know, that's very basic, but be like, I did a report here and I'll continue to do reports here and I'll re-phase it into a different system or I don't know, something like that. Um, work together with the person, advocate company, and then negotiate when changes occur. I need to remind myself of that right now. So as you get more responsibilities, then that's when you can go back and negotiate and be like, if you would like me to do this, I would need $15 an hour instead of 10 which I don't rec, I'm not gonna do that at a small business, but like 
if you're in your in your job and your career and all that. Oh, and then another thing. Oh, this episode's gonna be long because I'm just so I'm just happy to be rereading my journal. Three reasons why you should hire me. I learned this in one of my classes um, last year, which is kind of cheesy. I wrote down that I'm hardworking, motivated, and experienced. But you can think of like what makes you different in mind to be I was first manager at 17. And none of this is, I'm not trying to do this to like brag. It's just like giving you examples or whatever. And don't repeat the words that are already on your resume. I feel like my words are a little bit too basic, but if you can come up with really good ones, that's something that will help you stand out. Also some interview tips, which you can go back and listen to my episode about that so that I don't have to repeat it. And then you can go back and listen and be like, wow, she's really good. She's really funny. I'm gonna listen to all the episodes. Another thing I learned in my class is conflict and change. So there's different uh, techniques that you can go about when a conflict or a change occurs in a business and know also that a conflict is essential for growth in the business and also know that your emotions are relevant. Burnout happens, you need social support, you need to provide comfort and information needs to be confidential between you and your employer. Um, The best change and conflict technique is underscore and explore and that is focusing on the issue and involving your employees in the issue and the resolution. And of course, I have different leadership styles, different forms of power, workplace needs. Um, fuck, you think I'd remember what it was called since I learned it literally every semester, but there's like a hierarchy of needs. I think it's Maslow. I That's coming to my head. Hierarchy of needs, which is like esteem, safety, actualization, physiological. And that translates to the workplace which I was really interesting. I really wish I could have finished this class in person instead of having it go online. But in the workplace, it translates to like rewards, relations, the need to feel safe in your job, your need for equal raise or wages, and then the need for creativity in the workplace is also really important. Another thing that's important to mention with stuff that I've learned from that specific class that I was just talking about with the conflict and all that stuff and the hierarchy of needs is having... A business needs to have requisite variety, which is the successful organizations need to be as complicated as its issues, which is kind of hard to understand. But like, just don't overcomplicate things is basically what that means. And to be successful, there needs to be some things that are complicated, but it needs to be able to lead to a a good, successful uh, financial reward at the end of that. And of course, we've got notes on types of businesses. We got a little LLC. We got a sole proprietorship. We got a corporation, all of that stuff, which isn't like something I'm going to go over because if you're in the business world, you will figure that out for yourself. They each have their their good and bad things. Then we also have some team building strategies and games that I've learned from my classes and how to run a successful meeting, setting an agenda, having a purpose, a time, a call to order, announcements, discussions, and adjourning the meeting. Be productive and have a plan when you have a meeting, of course, and encouraging group participation. Something that I thought was kind of cool for my internship, I got to sit in on one Zoom meeting with like 20 people and I watched the CEO work like run the meeting and I thought it was really cool that he didn't like immediately jump and lead it he was like 
he didn't start with what was important to him. He started with what was important to his employees. Like, instead of being like, all right, today we're going to talk about this. He was like, does anyone have anything that they would like to talk about first? And I thought that that was really cool because I feel like a lot of bosses, or at least the bosses that I've had, don't give a fuck about what you have to say. (laughs) And so that was really cool to see that, like, he actually cared. And to have a good example versus people that I've had in the past. And from one of my classes my leadership uh, class, I took a note that says leaders talk early, no more, offer opinions, share knowledge, welcome opinions, and have effective communication while still listening to their employees' needs and wants and providing rewards when necessary. Company culture, of course, we have a note on that. And of course, of course, of course, my favorite thing ever, people over profit. And I have some notes in here of what not to do. I'm going to share these based on my experience. If you know me personally, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. So we're going to have, listen to what your employees have to say. If there are complaints, listen to those complaints and figure out how you're going to improve them instead of attacking your employees. Equal treatment, wage review every six months. I think that that's really important because it keeps things fair and it provides a system in place for wages and raises. Give breaks because your employees need to eat food. Give hours equally. Don't favor people with hours. (laughs) And don't dismiss people's feelings, of course. And don't hire outside management. I feel like that's kind of one that people are back and forth on. It's a little bit controversial, I guess, but I really, really think that a manager needs to have worked their way up in the business so that they know all parts of the business instead of someone coming in and just pretending like they know what they're talking about. Because that never sat well with me. And I, if I ever have a business, I will never hire outside management. And then a couple last notes to mention. This is a longer episode for me. It's because I love to talk about it. <laughs> Creating a product that encourages repurchase is important. And as an owner or manager, you must know and have actively worked in all parts of the business. I've been in a lot of situations where I don't feel like the boss actively knows what's happening. And then they come in and they try to over overstep their boundaries over helicopter. And it makes me really upset because I don't feel like they know what they're talking about. And maybe that's just my perception. I don't know. But I think that it's really important that you need to know what you're doing before you start going in and yelling at people, perhaps. (laughs) And then my final notes that I have are exactly how to open up a business, which I'm not going to go over because it's like two full pages of stuff. Um, And I know not everyone wants to open up a business, but like, it's like things like identifying your product. What's your pricing going to be? How are you going to finance it? What's your customer acquisition cost? And all of these different things. What's what's the purpose? Um, is there persistence? What's the perspective? Is it ethical? Is it legal? Is it balanced? All these different things. And it's just, it's really interesting to me and it's really fun to go back and look on my different observations. And obviously I'm not gonna go through those because I'm not gonna throw any business under the bus, but it's it's interesting for me and I do not like every job that I've had. Obviously, I don't like making popcorn. I don't like doing these jobs. I want to do something that I'm passionate about. But I believe strongly that every job that I've had has been for a reason or I've been placed in that situation to learn something. 
And if you've been listening for a while, you know that over the summer, I had a really, really tough experience with my job that caused me almost like PTSD. And I I don't want to use that word lightly because it's a very serious thing. And I don't know, it's hard to explain without going into detail, but it, it was just a hard situation. But I believe that I was put in that situation to get out of a toxic environment. And I believe that because of what happened, I learned what not to do in a business and how not to run your business and how to be ethical and how to follow the law. (laughs) I'll just leave it at that because some bad things were happening. But every situation that you're in, try to look at it like this. You're there to learn something, even if it's something small. For example, like this is like just a basic thing. I last year I worked at an ice cream shop. I that was the only job that I've had where I don't understand the purpose for me being there. So I took it the purpose as <laughs> my purpose of scooping ice cream is realizing that I hate to scoop ice cream and I don't want to scoop ice cream for the rest of my life. So therefore I will continue to go to college so I don't have to do that. <laughs> so it could be lots of different things. And that's all I have for you. This episode's really long because I love to talk. Um, thank you for listening. Next week, I'm talking about religion and Santa. Is it right to lie to your kids about Santa? Is it right to force religion on someone around the Christmas holidays? Uh, might have a guest on, which would be my mom. Might not. I'm not sure. Have a great holiday. And please stay safe and wear your mask as always. Thank you.